Welcome to today's conversation about life and social change in Central Asia. My name is Bermet Talant. I'm a journalist from Kyrgyzstan, and this conversation is hosted by Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. The cost of living is on the rise in Central Asia, just like it is around the world. COVID lockdowns, severe droughts, supply problems caused by the pandemic, and most recently the war in Ukraine, all have been contributing factors. For several months now, there have been reports of shortages and increased prices on food staples, such as flour, rice, cooking oil, sugar, and in some parts, carrots and onions. And it's not only food that is getting expensive, so are fuel, electricity, gas, and everything else. This inflation, of course, hits the most vulnerable in what are already lower middle income remittance and import dependent economies. In Uzbekistan, for instance, where the government calculates the so-called PLOV index to measure the cost of living, the average price of a portion of this traditional dish in Tashkent has gone up by almost 70%, or a dollar, since December 2019, which sounds like a lot given that the average salary in the country is roughly $300. Today, I'm talking with Muslim Burgiev, an independent researcher and resident of Dushanbe, and Sumsarbek Mamraliev, a restaurant owner in Bishkek, about how inflation is affecting them and their fellow citizens. If you live in one of the Central Asian countries, we'd love to hear from you about how price rises have impacted your daily life. Press request in your Twitter mobile app to speak up, and we'll bring you in. And if you have a question, you can send a direct message to at RFRL or reply to a tweet pinned in this space. Um, I can see that one of our speakers hasn't joined yet. So, Sumsarbek, I think we're going to start with you. Hi, everyone. Hello. Yep, no problem. Thanks for joining us. Um, Hi, can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can. We can. We can hear you very well. So um, how are you doing, Sumsarbek, as an owner of two restaurants in Bishkek, especially after COVID lockdowns? Well, where should I start? Um, um, I'm, I'm used to be a businessman or <laughs> now it's not about business. It's about surviving, just keeping the business alive. Mm -hmm. um, the prices has increased by... Uh, for some ingredients, uh, because, uh, you know, Kyrgyzstan, we pretty much 99% of everything that we use, we import from overseas. Hello. Ukraine. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, you just cut off for a second. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> so first it was a COVID three years ago, and now because of the... Um, war in Ukraine uh, because Kyrgyzstan gets most of the ingredients that comes from Europe uh, they used to come through Russia mm -hmm. and now it's impossible so now uh, for the past four or five months we've been trying to get uh, most of the ingredients uh, something like shrimps or salmon uh, from for instance from Norway through Georgia Georgia and Kazakhstan so we haven't succeeded yet, but the prices went up by almost uh, three times. And me, as the owner of two Thai restaurants, that's quite uh, crucial ingredients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, how so, are you yeah. dealing? How are you dealing with that? Did you have to raise prices? 
Yes, uh, just recently, yesterday, we raised our prices third time in the past two years by what twenty some. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the minimum because you can you can only raise the prices to to a certain point. After that, it will be just uh, pointless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the 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 margin from thirty five percent went down to seventeen. Uh, for some um, for some our dishes, it's as low as ten percent right now. So right now we're just uh, keeping our finger crossed and hoping for a good summer season that people will drink some hot drinks. Uh, I don't know, or cold drinks, lemonades, and it somehow will balance it out uh, the the margin. Mm-hmm. Have your other business costs um, increased, like salaries? That you pay to your staff or rent? No, uh, it hasn't. Uh, I'm in one of my restaurant is uh, I'm renting out the premises. Second one, uh, it's a mortgage, and I'm still paying the mortgage. I'm still paying my three of my credits, and um, what else? The salary of my staff has not decreased overall. During the uh, quarantine, uh, for four months we didn't work. I still paid uh, the salary for my staff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that y- you buy? Um, the, the ing- some ingredients they got really expensive, or something that you're replacing? Um, no, we didn't replace anything. Uh, if we cannot find any ingredients, uh, we just don't sell the, the ser- this dish because, I mean, it, uh, it's a Thai cuisine. Mm-hmm. I cannot replace anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. and we don't grow anything. For instance, the ginger, I would tell you, from 180 som per kilo, it went up as high as 2,700 som. Uh, the chili, bird's eye chili pepper from... 35 som per kilo it went up as high as 1100 som uh, wow. the or- ordinary egg uh, just chicken eggs uh, it used to be 4 som per piece and now it's 11 so it's almost tripled uh, what else, the meat is very expensive the only thing that didn't go uh didn't increase the price it's i think the flour mm-hmm. but the quality of the flour because we used to use flour from ukraine and it used to be uh, the best flour that i mean you can get apart from italian flour but which is five times more expensive but now we we don't have it uh, on the market mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plus uh, plus on the top of everything the war uh the closed borders kazakhstan kept their borders closed for how long almost three years um to us now it's been three years since there is no direct flight from bishkek to thailand which used to be very handy we used to have uh, once a week a direct flight and i could get ingredients uh, directly from thailand i cannot do that anymore uh what else yeah and oh. plus, uh, recently, what, five months ago, um, the t- tax payment went up. <laughs> <laughs> and by how much? Significantly? 
uh, yes, quite almost doubled. Uh, for example, the VAT tax, uh, small enterprises uh, didn't pay the VAT tax if your sales annually was uh, lower than 12 million. Now they took that away, everyone, even if your annual sales like, I don't know, 500 some, you will still have to pay 12% uh, VAT tax from gross sale, not from the net profit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like um, a lot of challenges. Um, are you not discouraged it is. It is. to run this business? Um, well, I, you know, to be discouraged, it's a privilege. I have a family. I have 40, 48 employees. Uh, who are your family? Like, And uh, they're dependent on every your decision. It's not just my business. All of them, um, almost 99% of my staff, uh, it's a single mother who are less privileged than I am. Even if I don't work tomorrow, I have a roof uh, over my head. Uh, I don't need to pay rent. You know, I will survive. But uh, that was the main issue during the quarantine. When I told them that, guys, uh, for two months, we cannot work. What you're going to do? They uh, I'm still going to go and try and find some job because, um, for instance, they get paid like, let's say, $25 a day and $10 out of this 25 goes for a, a daily payment for the room that they rent with three kids. And it's not a flat. It's just a room with a shared bathroom with 20 other families and uh, they cannot afford not to work. And the COVID and all this, um, it was just something for them, something out of this world, which they, they never thought about it. So I've made a decision. I took a credit and for four months I was paying my staff, um, which is fine. I think, I think that's what every uh, employee should do. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. given that you have so many financial responsibilities in your personal life, Um, did you have to cut out any things that you can't afford anymore or maybe that are, have become a bit too expensive? Mm, I I was never a big spender. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a personal life. My, my life is uh, my work. Uh, I'm here 24 (laughs) seven. You know, I haven't been there met. Ask me, I haven't been to Isakul and I'm from Kyrgyzstan. I have a house on on the lake. I haven't been there since 2015. Is that business? <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> yes. Business is my, my personal life. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Samsarbek. Um, we are going to bring in our second speaker, Muslim Buriyev, uh, who's joining us from Dushanbe. Hello, Muslim. Uh, hi everyone, uh, thank you really to you and Birmet for inviting me to join this event today. Um, so I would like to say that uh, we in Tajikistan are living in a constant uh, condition of rising prices for about the uh, yeah. last five years, I would say. So, and every year it's like the steady, the prices for food, for some essential I'm, food, I'm sorry, for vegetables, Muslim. meat. I'm sorry, Muslim. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, Muslim, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. going to interrupt you. Samsarbek, can you turn off your mic, please? Thank you. 
Yes. I, th- I think he already did. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. No thank you. So, yeah. so sorry. <laughs> Tell us about how prices have gone up in Tajikistan. So, um, where where was I? So, I was saying that uh, annually the prices for food are like fluctuating and rising maybe up to 5% five to 10%, I would say. But recently, with the uh, uh, with the developments, I mean, war in Ukraine and sanctions against Russia, the prices for uh, some particular products have gone uh, has uh, like uh, skyrocketed, skyrocketed, and uh, for example, some prices for uh, for example for flour have grown up to thirty percent. So if maybe in the beginning of the year you could, you could buy a fifty kilogram pack, and we usually buy flour in such amounts uh, in order to save some money. So we could buy it for uh, 28 US dollars in the beginning of the year, in the beginning of 2022. Uh, but now we have to buy it for 35 US dollars. And just a small remark, um, an average income in Tajikistan is accounted for uh, 100, approximately 150 US dollars per month. So it's and it's quite substantial amount. I mean, I'm talking about the prices for flour in particular. So it hits the family budget very hard, especially if the prices are rising for that particular yes. product. Yeah. Yes, and, and uh, so uh, the bread, yeah. the bread is. Um, this is not just a must-have on the table in our culture, yeah, yeah, right? For sure. many yeah. poor families, yeah. bread and tea is often a meal, right? Yeah. And we cannot like re- refuse from from buying it every day. We have to do this because it's like the, uh, I would say the bread is the basic is the basic <laughs> is the basic food that every Tajik family has to have uh, in the morning uh, during the dinner time and at lunch and etc. So it's just a must have for everyone. So we just have to cope with that and uh, simply spend more money on that. We cannot uh, how to say. Uh, buy less because we just have to eat it. Yeah, this works yes. like that uh, in so Tajikistan just, in particular. Yeah, just for our listeners who are not familiar, what happened? Um, Tajikistan imports o- over ninety percent of its wheat uh, from Kazakhstan, and in yeah, March, yeah. when Russia, uh, well, in March, when Russia banned exports of sugar and grains to fellow members of the Eurasian Economic Union, including Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan was forced to limit its own exports of wheat and flour, uh, which basically became a really bad news uh, for Tajikistan as well as Uzbekistan. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what has happened. And also, thanks that you mentioned sugar. Uh, also, Pakistan uh, did like the same thing as Kazakhstan recently. They uh, banned exporting their sugar to other countries, and the Pakistan was the like the key uh, provider of sugar to Tajikistan, and uh, it resulted in also in increasing the prices for sugar. And for example, just uh, to mention uh, one of my neighbors. He has like two kids. He lives with his parents. He's basically uh, providing uh, providing for his family, but for his extended family as well. So he told me that he decided to just uh, to refuse. To, he decided to refuse to buy sugar at all. So he's not using sh- sugar these days because it just um, happened to be unbearable in terms of uh, in terms of his budget uh, to spend money on sugar these days. It's quite uh, depressed. I, I was quite depressed uh, to hear it from him. But from but for me personally, it's not a big problem because I don't 
uh, don't uh, use sugar at all, but for some families, of course. Uh, yeah. Some mm -hmm. uh, like people try to replace it uh, with some with some sweets. Uh, I mean, instead of sugar or honey uh, or some other sweet products, you can replace the sugar with. Um, so yeah, exactly. Uh, you, oh yeah, yeah. You can you can you can speak now. Yeah. Yeah. So how has how has this inflation affected you personally? Uh, me personally, so um, uh, there's a place uh, near the near the. I mean, there's a small restaurant near the place where I work, and I used to go for lunches there uh, during the lunch break. But now I decided not to go there because the prices for the business lunches has increased uh, for was, uh, about twenty five percent. Yeah, and uh, some of the items, yeah, and uh, some of the items uh, that were included in the, you know, in in the business lunches lists, they were removed because uh, they're not, they cannot. I mean, the businesses uh, cannot afford it. Uh, it's also what's uh, quite terrible for me because it was very not so far from the place that I work, and I could, I didn't spend very much time on lunch breaks just to go to. Uh, go to the nearest place, but now I have to maybe uh, order some delivery, which also has was impacted because of the uh, sanctions against Russia. So the the, the, the prices for food delivery has uh, like doubled uh, since the war began in uh, in Ukraine. Uh, so I just found found myself in a position in a very harsh 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 position, of course, relatively, yeah. Do you do you have to cook at home more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I take room, take uh, take food to work and uh, and eat on my working place. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is there anything that you, the, anything else that you had to cut out because it's gotten more expensive? Not only food, but maybe services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started to use taxi uh, less often. And I'm using the public transport instead because the prices for the for gasoline is also increasing due to this whole situation. And now the prices for taxi is also um, like increasing increasing proportionally uh, to that. So now I'm taking like two buses to just to take to just to get to work, but it's it's cheaper. Of course, it's cheaper. Yeah, but maybe it takes more time to get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just a quick reminder that if you'd like to ask a question or you want to share your experience, you can indicate that you want to speak by pressing the button in Twitter Spaces on your mobile app, or you can send a direct message to at RFURL or reply to a tweet pinned in this space. Um, so, we just heard from Muslim that it has become too expensive for him to eat out and order take takeouts as a restaurant owner how does it make you feel uh well uh it makes me feel sad <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i can tell you that uh we have this um how do you say people started to eat less and drink less especially alcohol as you know that uh 50 of the margin comes from selling the beverage drink drinks and now if, I mean, we used to sell a lot of um, expensive alcohols, cocktails. Now it's just the top beer and um, 
yeah, less of that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, do you see um, um, do you see that people are coming to going to restaurants less in this case? They're going to restaurants less, and as you know, we have this tradition uh, doing a sherine. It's like a gathering of uh, families, companies, and it used to we used to have that almost every day. People were the tables were booked, and now um, the restaurant are. 50-70% booked only on the weekend and uh, the weekdays so we're trying to now my for instance my second floor I rent out to our companies uh, to our corporates to international organizations to conduct uh, some I don't know any 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 different events if they if they doing uh, master classes training or con- conferences now mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. we expanded what we do. If before I used to be only like a restaurant, now uh, in order to survive, we are doing catering. Um, we are participating in all different festivals, food festivals, to 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 somehow like keep the business alive. Mm-hmm, I see, Muslim. Um, has the government been doing anything to relieve the pressure on the population? Like in some other countries, we've seen some subsidies uh, for staple foods. Is there anything like that in Tajikistan? Yeah, I would just uh, to support some of Beck's point about the people uh, starting to eat to eat less. Just uh, I would say I say that um, today I did not have lunch. I just wait for the time when I come back home and eat there. Just you know, just to support his argument. So uh, regarding the government measures so in the beginning when uh, the exchange rate for the US dollar started to increase it started to reach very high points about so uh, the one for one US dollar uh, there was uh, about 13 uh, so many it was a very big incre- very big increase very substantial about uh, maybe um, Almost thirty percent, yeah. Almost uh, so, the US dollar became almost thirty percent more expensive in Tajikistan. But then, uh, the banks uh, decided to—I um, uh, mean, the central bank decided to stabilize the situation somehow. Uh, so they started to give out uh, uh, so money less. So you can just find so money uh, in your bank, or just could uh, cash out. Uh, about uh, 1,000 somony, which is approximately 100 US dollars just per uh, one transaction. And it was quite uh, quite uncomfortable for some, quite, I mean, uh, quite inconvenient for some people. I mean, if you go to the bank, you would like, you usually take uh, very big, big amounts of money, uh, which is according to your limit, of course. But uh, when you get, receive, get your money from the ATM for, uh, about one hundred US US dollars in Somony, uh, just for one transaction, it's quite uh, inconvenient for for the people. And uh, by that, they actually uh, stabilized the course. They they managed to decrease the exchange rate of US dollars. So now it's uh, it came back uh, to the rate that was before uh, the war started in Ukraine. So now it's. Uh, 11.3 so money for one US dollar. So it's just, it's increased very, 
uh, rapidly and uh, they managed to decrease it by uh, such uh, by such measures measures that I just mentioned yeah mm-hmm. we we have a listener who wants to join with a question I believe um, it's Jen Murtazashvili hello Jen can you turn your mic on please Hello. Uh, so just a, uh, oh, connected. Okay, thank you. This is a, a wonderful discussion, and I'm so glad uh, we're talking about these economic issues uh, that are so important to so many people. And I'm and I'm wondering, you know, from the speakers, if you could say a little bit about how people attribute blame for this crisis. Um, it's going to look different, I think, in different places and even different communities. Uh, who who's responsible, and then what should be done to fix it? Uh, you know, of course, uh, this is a policy issue, but people on the ground have their own sense of what can be done to, to solve these issues. So I'm just really curious to understand, you know, is Russia to blame? Is uh, something else to blame? What is, how is the information environment affecting how people are attributing blame for this situation? Because, you know, we're seeing in so many other places in the world how these increase in food prices are sparking protests and, and um uh, you know, real insecurity. Uh, so I was wondering if the speakers can say something about that. Thank you. Thank you. That's a great question. Uh, Muslim, some Sarbek, who wants to go first? Uh, hi. Uh, can you, Bermet, just uh, remind me the question? Uh, as far as I understood, Jen, is she's asking the people on the ground, like, I don't know, my who, who do or... people... No, no, no. Who do people, just people in Kyrgyzstan, when they see increased prices, who do they blame? Do they blame Russia? Do they blame the local government or anything else? Well, and it, what do it, they it, think should be done? It depends uh, who you, I, I guess it depends if uh, who you ask. If you, I think if you ask uh, uh, people in from remote areas, uh, less privileged citizens, uh, they will blame the West, I guess. <laughs> Um, because you know they're very the Russian propaganda works very well uh, with brainwashing. Um, if you ask me, um, you cannot blame Russia for the COVID, of course, but for uh, the increasing the rate of the U.S. dollars and uh, what else? Um, the other issues, the war. Of, I, I, I blame Putin, of course. Because the mm. situation have just became worse, and now I don't know what what else can make the situation even more worse. Because you know, you see, uh, especially because of the U.S. dollars uh, has increased, and now it went back again. But the prices didn't um, uh, it decreased, and we purchase uh, everything. We use dollars. Nobody. Even the local uh, business, for instance, I pay my rent in U.S. dollars. Nobody will accept the local currency. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Muslim? Uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Jen, for, for such questions. So I would say that uh, in general, people are, uh, I would say, even not connecting uh, the situation with prices uh, with the, with the sanctions imposed against Russia. So as just as I said, 
before. So the prices are keep increasing from um, one year to another. So people kind of used to uh, increase prices. Of course, they're expressing their objections about such situation. And usually they blame uh, business. Uh, they blame merchants. They blame traders on the on the bazaars because they are not they're not trying to look deeper into the into the details about maybe for uh, about uh, the war in Ukraine or about the sanctions, about the actions of Russia against uh, Ukraine in general. So they're just seeing the prices are getting high and uh, they're blaming the person who has put the who has put the, this price on this product just in that place that they're looking at right now. So I would say they're not uh, taking a full like a full scrutiny about how, why why the prices are getting increased and who to blame in a uh, in a general perspective i would say mm -hmm. in um, some countries around the world there have been protests over price increases do you think um protests might might break out in kyrgyzstan and tajikistan if if the inflation continues at the current rate uh, hi, uh, some survey here. Yes, uh, it has. We have already had, I think, my, at least five uh, protests in Talas just a few days ago in Bishkek, uh, in one of the biggest uh, open air markets, Dordoi. Uh, they had been protests for the past three months because of the uh, increase of the tax, the VAT tax, and they combined uh, VAT, um, sales tax, and another tax, um, profit tax, into one tax. Um, and like now it's 8% out of a gross sale. You have to pay no matter uh, if you made uh, any uh, profit, you still have to pay for it. Muslim, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so, do you have any thoughts? Um, can you please remind uh, your point uh, again? Uh, yeah, so in many countries, uh, rising prices have led to protests. Do you think that some protests uh, okay. might break yeah, out yeah. in Tajikistan if the inflation continues at the current rate? Uh, I think I would, that I would say no, there will be no protests. But I would mention that uh, previously... Uh, I mean, re in recent recent years and uh, for about uh, recent 10 years, I would say, I may be mistaken at that point, but uh, people usually, I say that people, people uh, usually blame the the traders, those who are trading uh, with the product, who are selling the products on the, on the markets, on the bazaars, and uh, they express their opinions on the social media and the state institutions, so the government sees uh, what is happening and uh, they react to that and uh, also it um, comes from the state's uh, you know perspective there is this perspective of our government uh, to make all people save uh, their money to spend less uh, it's like the rhetoric of poverty and i would i would like to call it like that so they um and within this perspective, they go to the bazaars. I mean, I'm talking now about the government representatives or the municipal uh, officers and so on. And they go to the bazaars and they find uh, those uh, those uh, sellers who 
put increased prices uh, on the on the products. It all began uh, when the during the when during Ramadan people uh, start to increase their prices like artificially in order to uh, increase the demand because of increasing demand, but. Um, they, the government decided to do such the same thing uh, during this crisis as well. So uh, people are not protesting against uh, anything in our country, I would say, in general. But uh, governments still react uh, to such uh, things as uh, increasing prices, but only on the low levels, on only on the level of. Uh, uh, independent merchants and uh, so on. So now, uh, just coming back to your previous question about what government is doing to uh, to mitigate uh, such crises uh, in terms of the expense, in terms of uh, the costs, they just try to do this thing and uh, not uh, doing anything to change the situation in the whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So today we had Sumsarbek Mamaraliyev, a restaurant owner from Bishkek, and Muslim Buriyev, who is a, an independent researcher who lives in Dushanbe. Thanks to our guests and to our listeners for joining this Twitter space today and to RFERL for hosting it. And if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics, you can DM me or at RFERL. Thank you and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for inviting again. Yep.